let's get real. Welcome to TBC Today. This podcast features friends in and around the Triad Baptist Church community. Hear encouraging real-life stories from our weekly guests and inspiring insights from our host, Pastor Rob. To learn more about Triad Baptist Church in Kernersville, North Carolina, visit us online at tbcnow.org. It's a new year, and we've got a new episode for you. So we're excited to have a one of our TBC members with us who's been here a very long time. We're going to talk about that a little bit in this episode and just talk about uh, his ministry and the things that he's done. We're excited to have Harold Simcox with us. Um, you, you got saved as a kid. You married your high school sweetheart. You've been married 55 years. Y'all serve in ministry together. So there's a lot of great things that we're going to talk about today. So, Pastor Rob, are you ready to get real? I'm ready to get real. All right, let's do it. We're going to start the sands of time here, Harold. So when that gets to the bottom, we have to round it up. So, uh, (laughs) hey, thanks for coming today. We appreciate it. Uh, One of the things we I feel like as I was reading through your bio and stuff is just somebody that actually puts to words what happened in the early days and being a charter member of Triad Baptist Church and kind of We'd like you to just kind of start there with your life, and uh, you can go earlier if you want, Like, but we really like to kind of categorize some of the things you went through and some of the things you faced. You told some incredible stories, so why don't you just go through that, and we'll stop you where we want and ask other questions. Well, obviously, uh, being a, a charter member means you're one of the old po- folks here. You know, <laughs> That's one of the negatives with it, but uh, we, uh, we were involved in a uh, Bible study uh, with Dr. David Patterson, the original pastor here. How old were you? I was uh, I was in eighty four when we came, so I would have been in the in my forties, I guess. Mm-hmm. Can't do the math real quick, but uh, Patsy and I uh, had always uh, been involved in church, Sunday school, whatever. At, at different stops, uh, my career took me several stops around the state, and when we landed here, we we were uh, looking for a church. We we're invited by one of our neighbors to a Bible study which uh, once we came here to the Bible study, which was at the Patterson uh, Library, they were already in discussions about possibly chartering a church. So that's where we joined. And soon after that, July of 84, uh, went through the chartering process, and Patsy and I and some 45, 47 others, you know, uh, developed the the church. And uh, being on the ground floor, plenty of opportunities to serve, Building issues, uh, everything's before you, you know. So, so you left. Uh, you were born in Tennessee, Knoxville, correct? And then you let you've graduated from the university there at Tennessee. That's correct. And then you went. Allstate reached out to you and said, "Hey, we want you to work for us." You said, "I'll take it," and they moved you to North Carolina. That's correct. I worked in Knoxville for about four and a half years. Uh, got into supervision and management pretty early with them, and then had uh, several management stops: uh, Charlotte, Fayetteville, back to Charlotte, and then up here. In 84. Uh, when did you move to North Carolina then? Were you? 76. 76. Mm-hmm. And uh, where were you at then? In Cartersville? I was uh, in Charlotte, uh, my first stop. I uh, took a position as an analyst, uh, had supervisory supervisory duties over several states, uh, the, the upper level adjusters there. Uh, got into to management of different operations with Allstate. Did you see yourself as a young age? Did you see yourself staying with Allstate then? Did you like, this is a oh, great yeah. company? Oh, it was. You yeah. knew you weren't going to leave. No, it, it's, uh, it was a great opportunity. Uh, it's, uh, it was a strong, strong company. They really cared for the employees. Um, you know, it was good working conditions, uh, you know, good benefits and everything. So, yeah. What I, made you I, choose Kernersville then when you got moved up this way? 
they chose Kernersville for me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually came to Greensboro to take over the management of the Greensboro office, the claim, claims operation. I was in claims all the way, never sales. But uh, took that office in um, – uh, we looked in and around Greensboro and just to find the housing that we needed, you know, brought us out to, to Kernersville. It wasn't and I mean, I'm thinking now, was it? It was. It was that. So you've been, We've there, been there almost 40 years. Wow. Because I'm thinking like, you know, 38 years ago when the church was sort of formed, tribe was sort of formed, Kernersville was quite a bit different, wasn't it? Oh, very much so. Than what it is today. We, we came in our two-lane country road to our subdivision, which is now a seven-lane seven bypass. Yeah. You know, so. I had told Pastor Al one time, my fourth-grade teacher, when I was in fourth grade, she told our class she went to the church in the woods, and that was Triad Baptist Church. It was very young, I we, guess. We then. had that label. You know, when the, the church in the woods. Warehouse, yeah. warehouse in the woods. Warehouse in the woods was uh, the common. Yeah, because uh, there was just so many trees, and there, w- there wasn't Walmart. And Right. We cl- cleared just enough room to put that uh, wow. warehouse in the woods there. Did you cut down the trees? Uh, I had a chainsaw in my hands many times. <laughs> How did you get the stumps out of the ground? Who had the tools? Uh, we had a couple of members. Uh, that had landscaping uh, service or tractors, you know, of, of decent size, that they come over and, and uh, you know, pull the stumps out for us. So. And yet, how many acres you said there was six? Six and a half, I believe, was yeah, the first was right. purchase. And the, one of the great things there, show God's blessing on us, was uh, K, uh, Kmart, not Walmart. Uh-huh. But Kmart was across the street, and they paid pretty much per acre what we paid for the six and a half acres wow. on this side of the street. It's so, incredible. Yeah. So had that come pretty soon after you guys built your the church? We uh, started as the Bible study, um, and then when we chartered, we went to AMP Properties, which was later Dudley College. Uh, that arena is still out on the west side of uh, Kern, excuse me, the east side of Kernersville, uh, but it's changed hands two or three times. And we went there. Uh, we modified several of the buildings. Did a lot of cleaning, painting, and everything to establish as a church. Mm-hmm. And was it in the cafeteria? Do you remember? I don't remember the cafeteria. There was a stage area already there, which was great, you know, to start so out. So you just worked right there, right? But the uh, all the efforts that we put into there were intended, to, uh, you know, for the next few years. The property had been for sale for many years, no activity or whatever. We got in there in July, December the first. They sold the property and. Booted us out pretty quickly, you know, and from there we had hopscotch around, went to the school for a little bit, back to the the, uh, library, and then ultimately you know got the property and built here. Was that about forty-seven people or so? You said or forty-eight? Yeah, I don't remember the exact number. Forty-seven, eight, nine, something something like that. that We're attending church at that time. That's correct. There's uh, four of us still left: Patsy and I, Dennis and Teresa Roberts, or the other uh, only charter members. members. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Remain today. Harold and uh, Dennis were the pioneers out there. <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah. building what we have today, which is it's incredible. It's, it's a blessing, yeah, yeah. And it was a building process. I mean, we we had a lot of hands on, you know, in the evenings and daytimes once we moved to the facility, first facility here. You know, mm-hmm. back then uh, you kind of did it yourself. Back then we did. You? I mean, that's how people did it, didn't they? A lot of times they'd build oh, yeah. their own churches. Well, you know, you you would have. Uh, I don't know what the percentage was, but a heavy percentage of the church members would be here in the evening, you know, uh, cleaning, sweeping, mm-hmm. hanging sheetrock, painting, whatever was needed, you know, to yeah. make the operation wow. work for us. You so. said even uh, your wife did a lot of things. You, you mentioned in your thing she was very heavily involved. Tell us a few things that she did. 
Well, uh, we only have so many minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, she she was uh, heavily involved in uh, some of the construction aspects. I mean, she's not a construction type person, but she would be here anytime there's a work crew here, you know, helping, handing stuff, hanging sheetrock, whatever, whatever was needed. Uh, she led the women's ministry in the early days, uh, was involved in that for probably 15, 18 years. Uh, she volunteered to clean the church in the early days. That's something she wanted to do. And she did that up until the point where it was just such a large facility, yeah. she couldn't handle it anymore. And then we had to hire people to come mm-hmm. in. But she did she it. vacuumed the whole place. She did. It was just that one building at the time with the upstairs? Uh, we uh, were all the uh, old office locations are now. That was part of it, you know. Um, the original structure, we came in with the sanctuary and held uh, just worship services while we're building what is the first wave of the Sunday school classes. And once that was done, she continued to clean work there as well. Did you all put the uh, stained glass in too? You all did, did not. That? No, that you was added. A company added came it later. Right. It tore out that piece of the wall and then put. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. So, well, tell us some more. Keep going with your story here. So you build the building, and then what goes on? What happens from there? Well, uh, you know, the, the Lord just uh, just kept bringing people in that we needed. You know, as, as we were growing, uh, we needed construction people. They would come as we needed a plumber. A plumber would, would come and join, join the ranks or electrician or whatever. So all the trades that we needed to really make this grow was, was good. At the same time, you know, we're doing a lot of witnessing to the community, uh, a good, strong visitation program. That's in the old days. You go out and knock on doors and stuff, which, you you know, not not hard to do today. today, Yeah, it is. But uh, uh, just had a a lot of good growth, uh, uh, some recreation, you know, thrown in there Mm -hmm. on the side that kind of helped promote fellowship with with the church family. So you were pretty much at church. What five, six All the time. days a week? Pretty much. You know? <laughs> yeah. Was it like that growing up for you? Were you at church a lot? Uh, no, not not that much. I mean, I, my dad was uh, leader of our house. Uh, he was heavily involved in church. You know, Sunday school director, deacon, uh, a lot of leadership roles, and he saw that we were uh, in church on a regular basis, yeah. and that's where I got my introduction to to Christ. You know, I, I, I went to the same church from the time I was a little little pup on up. And, uh, got and tell us about when you went to camp. When yeah, about uh, 10, when 10 I was uh, ten years old, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Skip Morris, a friend of mine, invited me to uh, camp. You know, and I didn't know what it was—just just a fun camp. You know, get out there. But it turned out to be a Christian uh, camp, Cedar Lake Camp in mm-hmm. uh, Livingston, Tennessee, middle middle of the state. And on the uh, steps of the cabin one morning, about six thirty, he asked me about uh, my relationship with the Lord. And I guess that's the first time I really understood, you know, mm-hmm. what coming to Christ meant. And I accepted the Lord as my Savior uh, wow. at that point. And as a, probably is true of a lot of kids, you know, I didn't jump out there and, you know, start preaching as a 10-year-old or anything yeah. like that. You know, I, uh, I accepted it. Uh, I felt like I was growing some. But it was probably late college before I really uh, made a true commitment mm-hmm. to Christ and, you know, really started my growth in Christ. Yeah. So. Wow. Uh, as far as just like uh, all the things you want to get involved in and commit to, were you like a natural handyman by then, or was that something that's when you learned it? Not the, not the handyman as, as such. Um, I always referred to myself as a kind of a utility player for the church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you 
uh, whenever they needed something done, uh, you know, I was involved in it somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And being being an early church, there were plenty of opportunities, you know, and I got uh, several uh, positions of leadership that I was able to obtain. Actually chaired the first, uh, I guess, the first committee of the church where we named the church, mm-hmm. uh, wrote the Constitution, the bylaws, and uh, everything for the church. Now, I, when I say wrote, we, I'm a good good uh, Christian stealer, I guess. <laughs> we we borrow. got those borrowers. It's probably a better term, but you know, <laughs> steal you know, is what we did. But we got the uh, Southern Baptist uh, bylaws and, and uh, chartering aspect from other churches. And then we added them, you know, to better fit us. But. Tell us, how did you come up with the name Tribe Baptist? How did y'all come up with that? Uh, well, we, we did not want to do anything that labeled us with a street identity. Mm-hmm. You know, because you see today where, you know, there's one church by a street name that's located on another street just didn't make sense. So one of something kind of neutral, common. But uh, if I remember right, uh, Willie, uh, not Willie, Hazel Cavanaugh, uh, one of her charter members, I think she recommended uh, Triad to us. Okay. And so it sounded good to everybody, and we went with it. So. Yeah. That is a good name because it it's a region then. It's not just a that's town. That's right, yeah. That's a very good – it was yeah. very good foresight to really go that broad. In your mm-hmm. thinking, and there are some other triad names out there that occasionally there's a little bit of confusion, but yeah, but it uh, people yeah. know us here. It's triad, yeah, so. yeah, good, yeah. good. That's that's interesting. It is interesting. Okay, so go on with the anything else you'd want to tell us, Key, about the early days that maybe be a nice memory or something. Well, tell us about Pat. You, how did you meet Patsy? Because I think that was high school. Well, we, we were high school sweethearts, but in rival high schools. Okay, okay. You know, and we actually went to the same church together. We okay. had for a couple of years before I kind of bumped into her one day, and we just started talking, and, uh, you know, it kind of clicked from there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> she she actually called me the first first day, and, you know, we, we talked for several hours, and then from then it, it was on, you know. Okay. But we dated uh, – <clears throat> Excuse me, dated for four and a half years before we married. We were both wow. 19. Wow. We married. And then our first uh, child, our, our son Kevin, was uh, uh, born on our fifth wedding anniversary. And then our daughter two years after that. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we lost our son in a car wreck. I, uh, I know y'all had supported us during that mm-hmm. time this yeah. earlier this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't too long still ago. here present locally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell us a little bit about that. What, what, that experience. I mean, he, he with tell, Kevin. Yeah, what happened, and just kind of how you worked through that. Well, he uh, he was diabetic and uh, had probably a seizure of some kind, uh, and as a result, you know, he was not able to handle the car and a pretty violent wreck, uh, pretty major injuries. But he hung on for about two weeks before he yeah. actually passed. You know, and, uh, that's a that's a tough time. You know, thinking back on that, and uh, you know, we we miss him dearly. Yeah, and he was out of state. Out of state, right, right yeah. yeah. Athens, Tennessee, about yeah. halfway between Knoxville and Chattanooga okay. over there. He'd been over there with his family for probably 10 years or so uh, with work mm-hmm. opportunities for him. So, yeah. yeah. He was asking about the memories. One of the, uh, uh, I guess, a couple of key memories here, uh, when we first bought this property, uh, we had the six and a half acres, just woods. There was a few old logging trails, you know, mm-hmm. you know, rough paths through there. And I can remember uh, walking that several times, and just praying for the Lord's presence and blessings on on Triad. And uh, I mean, that that's just fresh. I mean, I can I can see me walking that path yeah. right now. And I hopefully was asking for my role 
in there as well. I don't remember the particulars of the, my request mm-hmm. to the Lord, but just uh, just the just time to of how you could be a part of that mm-hmm. and what you could do at the time of prayer uh, there. And then when we got to the point, the, the area is cleared. Uh, we had our dedication service, the groundbreaking, you know, traditional gold shovels and things. And uh, Patsy, uh, she's she's had some health issues, still does. Uh, she had cancer when she was a 34, 35-year-old, which she recovered from. Uh, but she was due to go to the hospital for cancer surgery. And uh, the doctor said, I need you here on Sunday afternoon, whatever. And she says, I can't. So what do you mean? He said, we've got a dedication service at the church. I'm going to be there. (laughs) And she was that committed. And she was here. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. We went on to the hospital, I think, later that night. But, uh, you know, with that just, uh, you know, sticks as a a great memory, you know, her Mm -hmm. kind of dedication. And uh, she's just just been a a special lady all my life. And, uh, you know, I think I mentioned the bio. You know, she's uh, a great example of what Mm -hmm. I think a deacon's wife should be, you know. Because yeah. the deacons has so many responsibilities and needs to be above reproach, but the wife does too. How many how many years do you think altogether have you served on the deacon board? Well, I know that we rotate yeah, here, and so uh, you're not consecutive. Well, but well, let me just back up on the on the deacons as a whole. When when we first formed the church, there were two deacons uh, assigned: uh, Steve King and Willie Cavanaugh. And then shortly after that, we added a third deacon, Steve Swaney. And then not long after that, they wanted to add a fourth deacon. And that's when they approached me. And that's when uh, when I was ordained. I was mm-hmm. ordained as the first first deacon, ordained a triad, mm-hmm. uh, but the fourth deacon to, to serve here. And served for a couple of years, uh, chaired the deacons for a few years off and on. So out of 40 years, probably... Thirty something. I don't, yeah, I don't you just, know. Yeah, you just rotated <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. You're probably the longest standing. I bet you are the longest serving deacon in our church. If I look back through the records, because you know, yeah. oh, there's no doubt in my mind because uh, you know you have maybe take a year off, then we bring you back in. Take a year <laughs> off, bring yeah. you back in. Well, in the early days too, uh, because of just the need for the deacons, and I don't know whether we didn't have qualified people or whatever, you know, the the year uh, of rest. Did not materialize, you know. <laughs> so you'd have your your, your three years, and then you need another year, and another year, another yeah. year. Then just so skip a lot up. Of times, yeah, a lot of times you didn't have that year off. So really, so you've you, done you've done a whole host of things, but probably the biggest ministry that I'm no I know of you is the Nehemiah's few. Tell us a little bit about how that started for you, where, where it started churning in your head, and then how it got to where it is today. Okay. Well, uh, being in uh, management with Allstate. Uh, Gave me an opportunity to retire early. You know, I, I looked at the age 55 retirement from from my early years and actually retired at 56. There were some things going on with the company that made sense to stay a little bit longer. So uh, when I was retiring, uh, I wanted to move forward with my life and do something. Uh, I didn't want to just quit work and now what? And uh, that's kind of my one key piece of advice to people that are retiring. Don't retire from, but yeah. retire to something. And we, we had a pretty active men's fellowship. Never big numbers, but good, strong fellowship, encouragement of the people. And we were trying to decide what we need to be uh, as a men's fellowship group to serve the church, the community, or whatever. And I don't, me or somebody had mentioned uh, some of the physical needs around, you know, home repair type needs. And I had, uh, as a claim manager, uh, I had seen many opportunities where there are, there are things that need to be done 
that insurance just don't provide for, you know, rot and decay and things like that. Uh, other jobs where contractors uh, would not fool with them because it's, it's just not worth their time. You know, they're not going to make a few dollars here at your property when they go down the street and make, you know, thousands or whatever. So so those those were left begging, and there's a lot of needs there. So with the encouragement of the men's fellowship uh, group and the leadership there, uh, I said, well, let's, let's try to do something with this. And uh, my studies at that time, my Bible studies were in Nehemiah, just happened to be there. And I was reading where, you know, he was inquiring about the homeland and how things were going there and found out that, you know, the, the walls were torn down, the gates were burned. And one of the scriptures, I think it's chapter 212, uh, said that he and some few men went in to survey the damages and then put the team together that eventually rebuilt the, the, uh, the walls and the gates uh, in miraculous order. But that, that he and some few men just kind of stuck with me. So that's where we came up with the Nehemiah's few, which uh, <laughs> the FEW is sometimes mis- misunderstood. So I have to explain it to everyone's why. That's but, good, though. That, I yeah. love that. I love it. Yeah. Came right out of the word for you. It was like the Spirit of God spoke to you. It, it, yeah. I can't deny that at all. And we uh, started putting the parameters together, uh, wrote up a. Uh, I guess a job order to to the deacon board at that time, saying, "You know, we will start this ministry. Here's how it'll work, and you know, got approval and a little budget money." For it. And then I came. We had the old paper bulletins. Now a lot of people won't remember those, but every week, you know, you passed out that paper yeah, bulletin, yeah. and I put a little excerpt in there saying, um, "You know, I will start the ministry. We need some helpers, mm-hmm. and we need some people to help. You know, so if you know of a job need or whatever." And there was a lady that uh, came to me about a neighbor of hers, um, and she she was telling me about her house. She had not had any electricity in about three or four of the rooms, including the living room and kitchen, for about six months. She had had a couple of professionals come over and look at it, and they wanted to you know tear it walls and big money type operations. So uh, I said, let me check into it and see. And I, I worked as an electrician, worked my way through school. My major was in accounting, but I was a apprentice electrician, so I had a little, little bit of background there as well. But we, uh, uh, Patsy and I had our Thanksgiving dinner or lunch. Uh, this was in 2003, just prior to my retirement. And after uh, lunch of the day, we went over to uh, Rebecca's house and, you know, started scrounging around trying to find some of the repairs that were needed. Found three or four different things, electrical in nature, that were needed. And didn't quite get done. So it was dark, went home. I came back the next day and finished up a couple items. And the, uh, uh, I mean, this just, this just set near my view for me. Um, told her, I said, okay, I think we've got it. Go flip the breaker. And she flipped the breaker. The lights came on for the first time in six months. Wow. Yeah. wow. And uh, I had... I had forgotten to take a pocket knife with me for cut a couple of wires, so I had borrowed one from her. And the door's closed, so I'm going up to knock on the door and say, here's your knife. And you could just hear her prancing back and forth, crying, thanking Jesus uh, for wow. the, you know, the miracle in her mind, you know, getting the lights back on. And my thinking, and I think that's the way I describe it in the, in the bio, that if I can do something like that, you know, make a kind of impression on a person with a, uh, screwdriver and a pair of pliers and a borrowed knife, I guess. Um, you know, it 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 just kind of set the tone. Yeah. That. 
And just time and time again, uh, through cards that we get from people, uh, calls, thank yous we get from them, it just it just encourages you to just keep mm-hmm. on going. You know, people people are really appreciative. appreciative How many jobs that. have you done so far? Uh, I, I'm embarrassed. Uh, embarrassed. Fifty five hundred jobs. Fifty five hundred in uh, nineteen years. We we celebrated our nineteenth year. Thanksgiving Day this past wow. year. What yeah. broad range of people? How many people have you probably had help you over that time? It's not about how many. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've kept the I've kept tabs on uh, the people there, and uh, today it's 597 different people that we've involved in the ministry, and part of that has been targeting uh, people. You know, if if I see somebody that you know, uh, wants to help, you know, I try to get them involved mm-hmm. where I can. Uh, and a lot of just tremendous uh, people have have been part of the ministry. Yeah. You know, some of them now deceased through the years. Uh, most of them church members. We've used some outside the church, but probably ninety eight percent of them uh, church members. Uh, but I, I did at the encouragement of the uh, men's fellowship. I kept a log of the names of the people that helped me, so I can go back and tell you all mm. five hundred ninety seven wow. names. Uh, Rob's name's on that list. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, Rob's is. I know Rob's is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but as a helper, yeah. Uh, we went down to Biloxi during that uh, hurricane. Katrina. Yeah, yeah we, Katrina. We, yeah. yeah. We took three trips down there. Uh, three. But, I know I only went yeah. on one. I said, I'm not going back. We slept in a big old gymnasium at a church. And and they told me, they Harold would say, you better be the first one to sleep because you can't believe how they snore. Well, I didn't get to sleep. And by the time everyone was asleep, they were snoring on this wind and they would echo in the gym. And I was like, oh, my, I went out to the nursery. What job? What, what did, did you pay? Oh, I did everything. Did you... I did everything. <laughs> no, Harold would have me working on a roof. Yeah. That was mainly, I think, roof. But we did metal roofs then. It wasn't just the shit. Old time shingles down there. Let them metal roofs down there, and those people were broke. They were broke in that area. What was the town? It wasn't Biloxi, but what was the Uh, little town? Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible, but it was a blessing. It really was. But I use people, you know, wherever they are with their talents. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I usually have at least one key person on me when we do a major project, a Mm -hmm. ramp or a deck or something like that. You know, to to make the cuts Mm -hmm. and things. But then there's a lot of lot of needs. You know, people just carrying materials around. Uh, keeping things supplied, holding you know things yeah. while we do it, and uh, you know I got Rob trained on roofs in what about thirty minutes time. You were up there and <laughs> stayed up there for the week, I guess. So it was a lot of fun. So, yeah. And so basically, what Nehemiah's view is is it's a ministry to help people labor free, right? You don't charge for the labor; you Never just have. charge for the materials. The right. church, well, is that if, right, if they have uh, means to pay for the materials, mm-hmm. we do ask them to do okay. that. Uh, if they don't, uh, a lot of times we can find resources, especially for the smaller jobs. Okay. We just provide that. Uh, if it's a larger uh, project, like one of the major ramps mm-hmm. or something, sometimes those are running us two thousand dollars worth of material, you right. know, and I just don't have the budget to to do that. So mm-hmm. we have to find a resource for that. But <clears throat> we work with several different agencies to yeah. try to help. And you're, you well. actually mentioned some of those agencies like Habitat for Humanity. You've worked with a bunch of agencies that have actually reached out to you. Rob, we probably have had 20, 25 different agencies that have wow. come our way uh, and asking for help. Now, at one time when things were starting to slow down and you know, probably year four, five, six of the ministry, I actually went and made contact with a lot of these agencies and just said, we're out here, you know, mm-hmm. if you can utilize our service. And there's some community efforts, too, where some of them come together collectively 
and share you know, what they're able to do mm-hmm. the, for the community. And I've attended several of those meetings just from the standpoint of yeah. here's what we can do and uh, you know, get some calls that way mm-hmm. as well. Um, we've been highlighted in the paper a couple of times. So yeah. Winston-Salem yeah, and the Kernsville yeah. paper. And from that, you know, you get jobs, a lot of jobs so. come yeah. our way. <laughs> so. You've worked at the uh, Cove, the Samaritan's Purse Properties, Christian Camps. I mean, the list goes on and on here of the hundreds of hours that were put into – working on poverty-stricken homes in neighboring states. I mean, all those things. It's just a, it's a blessing to see all yeah. that. Well, from the, the Katrina trips, uh, you know, it's such an effort of, uh, of energy and time and expense getting there and getting back. And by the time you get your travel in and settle down, it's time to pack up and come home. So the people that we traveled with, they, they want to continue that effort, but we've been trying to do it at home. So as a result... Uh, we have worked at a lot of the, the local area, you know, within and around the state, uh, the camps that you talked about. Uh, we've been to several of the Christian camps in our area, you know, eight, ten times there. Well, they're um, always broke. They are. <laughs> they're, so they always yeah. need your help. And then uh, we were in uh, Virginia, West Virginia, several times, you know, some of the poor communities up there. Mm-hmm. Those have been some of the more rewarding trips yeah. as well. So, Yeah. How many volunteers do you currently have? Serving on uh, there's uh my my core group today is uh, probably five or six that you know work with most most of the time, um, and then I've got several others we call. If I'm doing a a ramp or a big project something like that, I may have seven or eight on the project yeah. any given day. Uh, so I'll assemble whatever team size team that we need to to make it happen. So yeah. if somebody wanted to be on. Nehemiah, if you wanted to serve and help you out, I'm taking names. Right, (laughs) call in right now. (laughs) Uh, But they would contact you through our website, or uh, well, they can. Uh, You know, I I use my personal phone. Most of them come there, and so uh, I'd love to. You know, yeah, have have anybody come forward that that wants to help, and we'll try to work them into one of our projects. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, let me just say this because we're out of time. We just ran out of time there, but. Uh, first of all, the thing I want to, you know, I, I actually, he probably doesn't even remember where I first met him. He wasn't at the church at the time. He had left for about a year or two, I guess. Yes, because I wanted to and ask about that. That You've was been here way about back, 25 years. I came in 98. He wasn't attending here. And okay. so one day I was over at the Y and I was playing racquetball with this guy. And he comes in and he, he comes into the uh, locker room there and he's showering and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I hear you're the new pastor over there. He said, yeah, I used to go there. And we talked a little while. Next thing you know, he's organizing racquetball meetings there. We're doing volleyball. So I'm playing volleyball with him. I'm playing racquetball with him. And he's not even a member of my church. And then he then he started coming back. He came back to Triad, and it became a—I'm telling you what, he has been a ball to yeah. be around. Uh, you can't believe I'm in good health today because of him. He's had me playing tennis. He's play, just He just has an incredible—he just goes. Yeah. I, I want to go just like him. I want to stay active. I want to be involved in ministry. And the main thing about his life is he's faithful. Yeah. He's been faithful here. It's been unbelievable, and I love it. I was going to say, I always hear, like when you mentioned Harold Simcox, it's always tennis, building, or rook. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, the rook rook parties he has. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of your your, uh, claim to fame, I guess. Your legacy is serving the Lord through sports and building and playing And if you remember, just pray for his wife. You know, she's been having a tough time with her battles here. A lot of the things from the cancer treatments and back then are now coming to play in her life. And so we do want you to continue to pray for Patsy Simcox, because I know that's heavy on his heart. He did lose his son about a year ago, and 
And so it's been a it's been a tough year for him, and uh, God's sustained him by His grace, and He's just kept moving forward. So, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that that uh, you didn't we didn't ask you that you want to mention or <laughs> uh, talk about? Been pretty thorough in, in covering. You know, I've just had uh, tremendous support all the way through. Uh, the staff, mm-hmm. uh, deacons have always supported the ministry. The people I've worked with, uh, you know, they're just so encouraging. And it's just a sweet time of fellowship yeah. every time we go on a job. Mm-hmm. And some of the uh, some of the people have commented, you know, it, it's not really the work, it's the fellowship. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had s- several people relate to a worship experience, you know, where we're out, you know, tearing out a floor yeah. or whatever it happens to be, you know. But it's it's just very meaningful work. And then the... the, the uh, Response from the people itself is just precious. You know, they're just so appreciative, and uh, I think we've made a difference in a lot yeah. of lives. And one thing that I've noticed that you go in and uh, do some work for someone, and you go back a second time maybe for something else, and they've taken the initiative to clean up and kind of rebalance their life, and, you know, it's, it's made a difference there. Yeah. And uh, you know, we have plenty of opportunities to witness and pray for people along the way. We don't try to uh, overlook that, you know, uh-huh. in our ministry as well, so. Yeah, I think that's key. That's incredible is just making a difference. And for someone like me who's who's only been here a lot less than you have, you've been here a lot longer than I have, but if it wasn't for people like you kind of paving the way and building the buildings and, and contributing time and money and energy, I wouldn't have a place to serve or work. So, you know, that's that's a challenge to me, number one, is to be more involved and be more committed. And there's a lot of people, maybe a lot of new people in our church who are just looking for a way to serve and to get involved. Well, God um, would have got it done. You know? Well, yeah, God you're right. God would have gotten it done. But, I mean, he's here. using because you're willing to be used. And I think that's that's so key and so important is being willing to be used. And um, there's a lot of a lot of things we're reaping because yeah. of you guys, your charter yeah. members and you guys, and a pastor who's been here so long. And so there's a lot of blessings that we get to reap. And I think that's that's important and that's encouraging, and I'm very grateful for that. And I think the other thing is, too, is that, you know, we're in a church where we are able to serve the community. So it's not all about if you're a member here or if you're tithing here. It's about, you know, we are trying to reach out and serve into the community. And that's something, too, that I'm very um, excited about and very grateful for. So probably 90% or more of our uh, efforts from, through Nehemiah's view is for the community. Yeah. It's outside of the church membership. Right. Yeah, it comes in incredible outreach. Mm-hmm. I have people come in the Welcome Center all the time and say, I visit this church because somebody in this church put a wheelchair ramp in for my parent, mm-hmm. and we wanted to come to a church like that. Yeah. So I have it's testimonies like that. It's it is. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, as we begin this new year this year, you know, I think this is the encouragement. Let's be a, let's be a, a herald. Let's be a part of a Nehemiah's view and let's do what we can to encourage and, and help our community and our church and serve and love on people. I think that's what it's really all about. Right. If you want more information about our ministry, our church, or Nehemiah's View, make sure you check out tbcnow.org. And if you enjoyed this episode or, or our past episodes, take a minute to rate us or review us, to like us, and to share us so that we can get our podcast out to more people. We hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us this week on TBC Today. We want to connect with you. So make sure to visit our website, tbcnow.org, and subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend and be on the lookout for our next conversation.